What a crazy week it's been. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. First of all, the anticipation of season four of Succession is already there. But then also I have the anticipation of Hacks season three. I every Whenever I see Jean Smart in a commercial, it's like... But she was in a COVID commercial with Pink. And I thought, oh, geez. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with season three of Hacks. Because it's, oh, God, that's such a funny show. And then, um, of course, Monday, I'm I'm going to go see everything everywhere all at once. Very excited for that. I'd like to thank my friend for that. Um... But yeah, the week the week itself has been interesting. And it's been crazy. And and the silver lining and controversial lining of the Academy Award nominations. Yes. Viola Davis wasn't nominated and then that one actress wasn't nominated for Till. About Emmett Till, which is a very serious important story. I mean, yes, there's diversity, but the lead categories you're kind of like, "Oh, I mean, there's always been this talk of expanding the acting categories from five to eight. You know, they did it with the Best Picture nominees. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, back in the day, Best Picture nominees were usually a lot. There were more than five. They were more than five. It wasn't until I think the after the 40s, they capped it at five. Okay. And then they changed that. So, yeah. Fascinating, huh? Some would say it took the, it devalued the Oscars, but I disagree with that. I disagree with that. It's Friday night. I had my Mexican food. I'm good. I'm a little apprehensive about something, but I don't want to say. Um, but yeah. It's essential. It's essential to be able to do this to podcast daily. Night, well, more so nightly. If I do it during the day, that means it's the weekend. That's the weekend, and um, I still have some other podcasts to listen to. Jason, I, I'm so far behind. I'm sorry, because then it's like work, play, eat, play, the itchy and scratchy show. Yeah, um, because and also the infection that I was battling, which is is subsiding. I mean, at one point, my face was swollen. I I, I showed like this when I talked. It was kind of funny. Um, but here we are, you know. Um, desperate times call for desperate measures. I recommend wholeheartedly The Pale Blue Eye. Some people didn't like it. I liked it. It didn't get any nominations. It, it could have gotten a few. It could have. But that's, that's the Oscars for you. It's like, well, we liked Top Gun Maverick. I get it. I won't watch it. We like Elvis. I've been told by certain people I should watch Elvis. Okay. I'm not really an Elvis fan. Okay. All right. Um, I echo the sentiment of my friend George Strombolopoulos who said it needed more Satan. <laughs> and it did. It did. But to quote Lisa Marie Presley, the late Lisa Marie Presley, someone turned the lights out there in Memphis. Yeah. They did. They did. Uh, yeah. It's it's really been a week. It's been a week. 
and I am excited for the weekend. And, and at the same time, I thrive during the daily grind because um, I don't consider it a grind. It is a, it is an, it is a lesson learned daily. You know what I mean? Now, mine, as Madonna would say in her fake British accent, her faux British accent. And then the Madonna biopic, the Madonna biopic, Madonna, has been canceled for now. She's going to go on tour. I guess, you know, you can't concentrate because she's supposed to direct the movie. Um, you know, I was thinking of um, friends and who have seen Madonna, Madonna, we'll call her that. And then I thought of Truth or Dare. Truth or Dare really is, that is the documentary of documentaries. If you look at it, it really, it it predates uh, social media. It predates, you know, that we're always going to be online. And Madonna always wanted to be on camera. She never wanted to not be on camera. And and, and it was Warren Beatty, her boyfriend at the time, who said that. You don't want to be off camera. And he's like, no, she doesn't want to live off camera. But the Truth or Dare documentary has a very interesting moment um, done by Nikki Harris, who uh, I don't know if she's still a background singer for Madonna and a background dancer. She was very famously in Truth or Dare. She was alongside Madonna for many, many legendary performances. But there's a there's a moment in Truth or Dare where here we are 30 <laughs> 32 years later, okay? Um that now it's like, "Oh my god. Oh my god. I can't believe it." Um and it was Nikki who I think predicted the future. Because I don't even think Madonna ever thought she'd be touring again into her 60s. Um, Here we go. Is this... Okay. Truth or Dare is one of those documentaries. You either love it or you hate it. Or you're just... (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yep. Um, they're going. To, they're going to Chanel. Where is um? There's a moment though on the bus. And if I can find it, it's funny because now it's kind of like, oh my god, we're we're predicting the future here. But I don't. I don't. I don't know if Nikki knew that. I don't think she ever thought Madonna would stop. And this is not going to be a show about Madonna, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, these these certain things that go down. Let me see. I'm searching for it because when you when you have the digital, it's kind of like oh, oh, this is di- she thinks her tour is like the Partridge Family. Or is it? Okay, here's a clip. Melissa, tell they're winning because he doesn't come into prayer. 
tell him when I come up to him and ask him to play the record, I'm going to say, Voulez-vous jouer ces disques? Voulez-vous, will you kiss my dick? Will you play my record? Oh, I'm trying to fucking mind, okay? <laughs> see what i mean she predicted that shit i don't think she knew what she was saying she was like to a world tour 2025 like a virgin you got the moves baby i got the lotion yeah i wonder what kind of lotion madonna's using <laughs> oh god i've said this and i'll say it before um about time travel first of all i want a time machine that looks like the tardis from doctor who because that's I'm a Whovian. I've been a Whovian since I was nine. I've been obsessed with Doctor Who, even after it went off the air and then miraculously came back. Um, I, if I could get a TARDIS and travel to when Madonna, two moments, in the 80s when she was just just beginning, probably like the True Blue era, um, because I think that's the third album, and just to see her in that in that zenith and and the tour and and I mean that's when really she was on fire, and then Truth or Dare, the Blonde Ambition tour, the Blonde Ambition tour is Madonna at Madonna's blondest. It, it's the Blonde Ambition tour, and then after that, then then the rocket started to fall apart. That fame is a rocket. You know, and then you had the erotica tour or girl that was just, she called it the girly show tour, which really was shitty. And and then um, and then, you know, Madonna's always had moments. Oh, God, I don't want this to be about Madonna, you know, but um, yeah, yeah. That's a good documentary. That's a good documentary. This is a film podcast and a music podcast. And truth or dare. I mean, you think of the documentaries. You got Bowling for Columbine. You've got, you know, when any, whether it's a music documentary or whether it is a social commentary, documentaries really are there to fuck you up. They're, that is what they're designed for. They are there to, you know, because, and also the, the, the fact checking, the fact checking has to be precise or it's just not really a documentary. It's a, it's a saga, you know. It's a sobering kind of reminder of of things that you shouldn't do. <laughs> it, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Um, when I look at in terms of what I have learned about films and what I have learned about what how how a documentary because it's not really selling itself it's giving you a moment in time i mean there's one of my personal favorites is gray gardens done by the mazel brothers 
Albert um, uh, and David Mazels, who also did "Give Me Give Me Shelter," the the infamous Rolling Stones documentary about you know, which took place during the the concert at Altamont Speedway, which I was not alive for. I was in the I don't even. I've said this before, and, and I'll be funny about it. I wasn't even a thought in 1969 because my parents hadn't met yet. My father was in in Vietnam. My mother was in California. I don't think anyone that in, was in my family went to the Altamont concert. Uh, there was the Hell's Angels, who were the <laughs> the uh, uh, security, which was stupid. And even Mick Jagger finally admits that 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 was stupid to put the Hell's Angels in charge. If you if you are into that, cool, cool. But it was stupid. It was stupid. And there were deaths and all that. And then the Mazels did. What happened was the Mazels were going to do a documentary on Jackie Onassis and her sister. Well, primarily her sister Lee Raswell, who was going to research. Um, and go back to growing up in East Hampton, which her and Jackie did. and The American aristocracy, okay? And then they ran into Jackie's aunt and cousin, Little Edie and Big Edie. And the documentary shifted to them rather than Lee Raswell. That, you know, that's that's got to bruise her ego right there. Is, you know, because Lee Raswell was like... I want you to do this documentary about growing up in East Hampton with my sister, Jacqueline. But instead, the Mazels decided, because that's how she talked, very kind of smoky cigarette voice. They decided to do it on my aunt and cousin, the Beals, who are very eccentric. That's true. Anytime you do a documentary about people that are eccentric, it it really because people that and that's not scripted. That's the that's the beauty. People couldn't believe they were really like that. That they were living in this house in squalor with all these feral cats and raccoons and shit. And and Jackie Onassis, because she wasn't Kennedy anymore, found out about this and put some money up so that they could repair the house. Because the health the health board came in of Long Island and in East Hampton and shut it down, and, and these and they had nowhere else to go. You know, they were they they had run out of the money that had been set aside for them. They no longer had maids and everything. I mean, they, <laughs> when you don't have a maid and you don't know how to clean, that's when the raccoons come in. Okay, and and that right there is American aristocracy. I mean that is royalty in America. Um but yeah, yeah. That's the power of a documentary, whether it's Roger and Me, Michael Moore, or Bowling for Columbine, Michael Moore, or the Amy Winehouse documentary, or Super I remember Supersize Me. Supersize Me was that was when it was like, oh God. In this epidemic of, of eating and fast food. And, and I think we're all cul- culprits of it. And and what fast food really does to you. But yeah. It, it really is. It's a situation. To do these documentaries. I always wanted to be a documentary filmmaker. Um, but then again, it's never too late. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people know that about me. I think a lot of people think, oh, okay, I I went to school and 
I teach and, you know, and I do this and I do that. And I've worked in libraries and university libraries that they I don't think they really conceptualized that I actually wanted to be a filmmaker. And it didn't. And yeah, it didn't happen. That's really my fault. That's my fault. And also, I think opportunity, opportunity has to knock. Or as my grandmother said, you have to be at the right place at the right time. And I'd gone to Hollywood and I'd lived with cousins for a couple weeks. And it's it and I've said this before, it's it's a nice place to visit sometimes, but I don't want to live there. <laughs> I don't. Because it's a town to work. That means you always have to be on it. You always have to you can there is a creative outlet, you know, but like a lot of people don't like living in Los Angeles, especially if they're a part of the in- industry. Because it is an industry town. So yeah. Friday is all over the place. (laughs) But the week was too. The week was too. I'm just very thankful that it's over. Um. You know. uh, I'm, I'm thankful for a lot of things. I'm also aware that you got to maintain it. You've got to maintain your sense of self, you know, and um, I maintain my sense of self and I don't and I don't back down from that. And sometimes maybe I am a little too transparent. I noticed that when people were kind of stunned when I say certain things, like when I reveal things about my past that, you know, I was I was not I, w- I wouldn't say I was a bad kid. And I know I wasn't. Um Except, you know, maybe certain people did say that to me. Bad kid, you know, like bad dog. And that does kind of, you know, when you say that. And that's why you have to watch your tone. You have to watch your words. But, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I I had detention. I had a bad mouth. I really had a bad mouth. Dirty mouth. <clears throat> and then also... um. I just I just couldn't focus and that and that is the ADD that is the ADD and yeah that, that's you know that's what happens that that's what happens and I and I was on Ritalin and it didn't work and I had to learn to focus I had to learn to focus even now I I, I have to <laughs> my focus is like okay you got to do this you got to do this like I don't back down from things I do them and um yeah yeah I think my energy in itself is from that it's from that and um and I and I have learned to focus and doing a podcast is interesting because then you you know you can be all over the place so that's why it's like oh okay if I do it on film and music then I'm not really out there I am I am sticking to a cohesive ideal a cohesive subject matter that I know about which is film and music politics I'm just so tired of I'm just and at the same time that's in film and music documentaries hello hello so that's the Dr. Zeus film podcast basically I wanted to I don't like to reveal too much but I wanted to um, give um, kudos to a person. I don't want to name them because because I have a lot of respect for them and the opportunities that they've given me. And I just wanted to say thank you. 
And it's not lost on me. And I feel thankful every time I'm given an opportunity. And at the same time, I'm always... I'm wanting to learn from them. So I wanted to say thank you. Um, if they are listening, I'd like to think they know who they are. And and just... I, I do have a lot of gratitude toward them. and um, But also, I feel like I'm learning from them. And... Um, the fact that they believe in me and I believe in myself, but to, when you have another person, I will say professionally who believes in you and it does, it does, it does really change things. It, it does. You, you do have a sense of confidence. I mean, you have to, you have to earn that confidence yourself. You know, you got to build yourself up, but, um, I wanted to thank them and, um, because I never say no to them. I never say no. Because um, I feel that what I'm doing is essential. And it's very important. And I and also they gave me that opportunity early on. And believed in me. And I'd like to thank them for that. It has nothing to do with the film podcast. It has nothing to do with that. Um, and, I, and I don't really talk about what I do professionally a lot on here. Because I, I, I separate that right there. But, you know, I, I wanted to thank them and um, I do have a lot of gratitude. So, you know, um, because I don't feel like I'm, you know, I, at the beginning of this, uh, this professionally, what I do is I teach at the beginning. I was like, oh, my God, what have I caught myself into? To be honest with you. And and then you kind of learn as you go. And then and then um, you meet people and. Like I said, I was given an opportunity and I'm forever grateful, forever grateful because I feel that, okay, this person believes in me and and then there are others as well. So I just wanted to say that, you know, um, thank you. And um, I have the utmost respect for them. I, I really do. I feel like I said, I'm always learning from them. And um, yeah, I mean. But yeah, you know, we we live in a crazy world. I don't I don't think we live in a world anymore that people say thank you for things and people are actually grateful and you know it's all about what can you do for me, you know? And that's usually the kids in my family. It's like, well, if you pay me and you know, I was taught you open doors for people and you are polite and you say yes, ma'am, you say please and thank you. And you smile, even when you don't feel like smiling. Oh, trust me, there are days I don't feel like smiling. But, you know, I have to give them that thousand watt smile. And, um, yeah. And it does, it builds endorphins. It does. I mean, let's go there. It does. My grandmother used to say to me, if you smile, you're, you, you won't age badly. That's what she said. She said, if I keep smiling, I'll work those muscles in my face. And um, I believe it. Although, you know, to the chagrin of certain siblings who say to me, Oh, you can't believe everything she told you. Okay. All right. You know, Hey, I'm not the, I, I, I don't, I don't frown all the time like you. So <laughs> just kidding. Uh, or am I? But, um, yeah, yeah. You know, as a, as a podcaster, I, I've always had confidence doing this always, even when I had no idea in terms of, okay, what am I going to talk about? Because when you talk about these things and when you talk about, 
just things that interest you. It it it, it you have you have to find a narrative to it. You really truly do. And in the beginning, four years ago, I would just talk about everything. I would talk about film. I would talk about music. I would talk about my day. So I had to be careful. Um, and then I stopped talking about my day because I started to realize that then I'm bringing it home and I didn't want to bring it home. I, I had to find a way to release it. And as human beings, it's essential that we do that. We, we learn to just release it. You know, um, I'll quote a movie again. There's a, a really great movie. The book is better, by the way. Girl Interrupted. Uh, Winona Ryder and of, of course that legendary performance by Angelina Jolie and um, Brittany, oh the late Brit- Brittany Murphy and there's a moment and Whoopi Goldberg there, and Vanessa Redgrave there's a moment where Whoopi Goldberg's character says to Winona Ryder's character get it out of you, get it out of your notebook, but do something with it and I find that if our day to day is as stressful as it is we have to get it out of us. We have to decompress. You really, truly, even if you love it, you have to separate. You have to decompress. And that is essential. That's why I really started the podcast in the beginning was to decompress, to remove myself from that situation because then it, it starts to eat at you. You know, and I and I worked in early education and it just ate at me. It ate at me. And um, yeah, it was it was tough. It was really tough. And I had to learn to just separate myself from that equation. And then and then, you know, you start to realize, oh, OK, you know, maybe I should do something different. And I did. And like I said, I have always challenged myself. I think that comes from my mother. And my father, but when I was younger, you know, I was in uh, my education situation was um, fascinating. And I remember I was in a situation and my mother wanted me to have a challenge and told the teacher that put him back, put him back. And um, and she had a point. I didn't want to at first, but, you know, she had a point and she had and because she knew that, OK, you know, I've crossed this this threshold. Now it's time to, you know, do another one. And so yeah, and it and it worked out. It worked out. It was scary, and that's why you do have to challenge yourself. And um, and challenges can be scary. They, you know, yes, we we necessarily, you know, they're good, but we live in. I I think we do live in a world where people don't want the challenge. Because it's too hard, whether it's physical challenge or whether it's um you know, an educational challenge. Edu- I think with edu- I think people have reached a point where they think that they're too old to do this or it's too late. And you know, with with education, whether it be higher education or what or what have you, or getting your diploma, it's never too late. Um, because there are people who are in their 80s and 90s and 100 and that's that's very interesting and it's really making the news a lot who didn't have that chance and finally have the chance to do what they always set out to do so it truly is never too late i you know whereas to quote so i'm always quoting movies to quote 
the oh god i loved moonstruck the late olympia dukakis who won that oscar um share her daughter played by share is saying you know oh, a mom i'm 37 years old you know think she can't be happy and have a baby and get married and she's like i didn't have kids till after i was 37 it ain't over till it's over and that's true it ain't over till it's over Oh my god, four years of the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Where where five years. Five years. Geez, see how tired I am? With oxygen. <laughs> so anyway, happy Friday and unpleasant dreams. <laughs>